When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, all right. Time to start your weekend off correctly. Forget the FPL deadline, forget the Premier League games coming up, and that doesn't matter because it's the international break. Forget the days of social media, wall-to-wall football coverage. This is the Barclays. We're covering the Premier League from its inception to the current day, month by month by month by month. I am Jake from What If Football, and this is Season 2, Episode 4 of the Barclays, February and March 1994. The title race is hotting up. Three teams will go down. Let's get stuck straight in. And before we start, I'm contracted to say that we are on the Sports Social Podcast Network twice a week now with the Barclays every Friday and the Naughty's Nostalgia Podcast, welcoming all your opinions, all your hot takes from football every every Wednesday. We're also on Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash what's if football, where from just £1 a month, we've got five days a week content, written content. We've got a weekly column now on the Mondays, weekly podcast on the Fridays and with some uh, nostalgic podcasts in the middle on a Tuesday with the Great Games podcast and on a Wednesday with the Head to Head podcast with some written work and some uh, mailbags of your football alternate histories on a Thursday alternating in and about and some football manager stuff as well sprinkled in for good measure. So let's go back to 1994, February 1994. I was approaching my first birthday. I presumably had a fantastic time at my first birthday party. Meanwhile, Blackburn were beating Wimbledon 3-0. The first goal, an absolutely stunning strike as they kept the heat on Manchester United, who had their work cut out beating QPR, really. Giggs scoring the uh, pick of the bunch with the third goal there as QPR just kept pegging them back. Um, Cantona scoring in that one as well. Swindon, 
got only their fourth league win. We are still only in February in a 42-game league season. Swindon got a 3-1 win over my boys Coventry. Two penalties helped them there in a uh, quite spectacular victory, really. And um, Paul Rideout scored a double in an absolutely crucial game for Everton in a 4-2 victory over to be fair, still struggling Chelsea, keeping Everton close by Chelsea, maybe dragging them closer and closer to the relegation battle. Norwich and Liverpool drew 2-2 with Ian Culverhouse, a man, if you listen to the Norwich Nostalgia podcast, I called an EFL commentator on a game of obscure football. <laughs> well, he scores an own goal for Liverpool here and a John Barnes equaliser. Saves the Reds from slipping further down the table whilst Norwich are just trying to drag teams down with them. Um, and elsewhere around the grounds, we've got Alderman and Southampton meeting in a basement battle. The Ticks coming out on top in that one. Meanwhile, Leeds lost ground losing at Villa Park. Spurs sank further with a 3-1 loss at home to Wednesday. And Man City got a priceless 2-1 victory over Ipswich Town at Main Road. The following week saw Blackburn travel to White Hart Lane for a potential banana skin, although Spurs are in uh, not in great shakes, really. Alan Shearer netting a header, which was his 50th goal for Blackburn Rovers and a superb assist for Kevin Gallagher for the second goal. And um, Blackburn still, they've, they've, uh, they're entering in some very good form. We'll see by the end of this episode that uh, the title race might not just be over yet. Southampton met Liverpool with um, the man of the season of pretty much any season for Southampton in the Premier League. Matt Letizia scoring a, obviously, scoring a stunning first and then delivered the corner for the second goal. Um, the snow must have helped Liverpool out a little bit, which was on set in the second half um, with Ian Rush scoring, but ultimately they proved to be consolations. Southampton put four goals past Liverpool, who really are not um, ending the season well um, after the managerial change from uh, Graham Souness there. Norwich at home again against the top team again and dropping two points again or rather taking two points away from their visitors this time which was Arsenal coming up good again with the draws against big teams uh, here FN Okoku provides the equaliser and if they can't compete with European football then they're just going to make sure nobody else can Dean Saunders bagged a hat-trick at home to Swindon Swindon's much much needed win that form is now over officially 5-0 win for Villa at Villa Park great work from the Welshman there and um, Swindon really are the whipping boys but only brief respites with a win at Coventry the previous week Elsewhere, the points were shared at Goodison Park between Everton and Ipswich, Main Road between Man City and West Ham and Bramall Lane between Sheffield United and Coventry. Not a single goal was scored. We're back to those days again, aren't we? Oldham won again. They won again 2-1 as well, uh, this time at home to Chelsea, whilst Wimbledon produced the shock of the week, perhaps, in a 4-2 win over Newcastle. Meanwhile, we've got Chris Sutton scoring a great goal on the counter in a another draw for Norwich, this time against Swindon Town. Swindon scored a, a fantastic equaliser before the break and um, Norwich scored a pretty cruel third equaliser, really. The draw specialists there becoming, and they're not only happy with dragging teams like Arsenal and um, and Liverpool down with them into mid-table, but also stopping teams from climbing out of the relegation zone in Swindon. Not only that, but Norwich got another home draw to another great team and they drew in another big team with Blackburn Rovers, really making sure that Man United are the only ones standing by the end of the season. Blackburn, though, they would rebound with a great 1-0 win at home to Newcastle in a great top-of-the-table clash. Meanwhile, Everton and Arsenal drew 1-1. Tony Cotty salvaging a great point for Everton there, really considering both sides' form. And it only really serves to hinder Arsenal again. Um, Paul Merson scoring the goal there, and he's entering into some great form, which we'll, we'll be discussing throughout the show. 
It wasn't only Arsenal's form teetering really on the edge of a cliff. Liverpool lose again, David Weatherall, Gary McAllister scoring the goals for Leeds in the win. Leeds really floating around that they're not really in contention for the European spots, more in between the those wanting to do that and the likes of Norwich and Villa, those those challenges of yesteryear, quite literally, the year prior. Elsewhere, the toils of Coventry were no, keen, no more keenly felt than in a 4-0 win over Man City, followed up by their own 4-0 pumping, but at St. James's Park. City followed up their Coventry loss with another goalless out in this time, a, a pretty decent draw at Villa Park, though. Meanwhile, Ipswich scored the odd goal in five in a bottom-of-the-table bout with Sheffield United, although they are rather pulling clear into a mid-table as we speak. West Ham met Manchester United in the first clash between these two teams at Upton Park in the Premier League. Mark Hughes got a goal laid on a plate for him. Matt Pitchmichael was in imperious form at first. Couldn't stop Lee, Chap- Lee Chapman with the uh, with the equaliser or a dodgy back pass, which helped West Ham score the second. But Man United's unbeaten form would continue. Paul Lintz sliding in for a late equaliser to save a point in East London there. Meanwhile, in probably the game of the week here, Tottenham travelled to Stamford Bridge in both teams in desperate need of the win. Spurs squeeze a first goal in Jason Dazelle, heads a second in sending them into what would be then a commanding lead, scoring with a deflection and in off the post in quite a, a, a lucky second goal. And then the Spurs equalise from a corner and then Stain scores and then Spencer scores. And this is just the first half. We've got a penalty saved, um, rather a penalty saved Spurs it seemed, but... Chelsea score a penalty of their own in the second half, so 3-2 at half-time becomes 4-3 at full-time. An instant classic. Spurs then follow that up with a point at home to Villa, so they're not they're really making a hard work of this, aren't they? Arsenal met Blackburn Rovers whilst Manchester United seem to be dropping points here and there, um, West Ham uh, most recently. The nearest rivals in Blackburn don't really seem to be equipped to keep up. Paul Merson again with the goal, beating Blackburn Rovers. It closes the gap to 10 points from Arsenal in third to Blackburn in second, but also potentially with United's game in hand, stretches the title race out to 20 points from first to third, with Blackburn caught some way in the middle. Elsewhere, we've got two topsy-turvy teams in Liverpool and Coventry met in a surprisingly mundane game, a 1-0 win. For the Reds at Anfield. Meanwhile, Man City got back on track with a win at Main Road over Swindon Town, albeit predictably. Whilst Norwich dropped further points at home to Wednesday, Oldham got a point at home to Leeds and Southampton picked a rare win off South of Wimbledon at the Dell. Manchester City, or Manchester United rather, the following week were dealt their first defeat at home all season. Now, last season, they, they started the season off pretty poor and were losing quite often. Here, they've been almost insurmountable haven't they and the first game at home to Chelsea was a defeat the first defeat all season the double by Chelsea done over Man United not so often that'll be done this season if at all outside of uh, outside of Chelsea now the gap was down to four points it was down to four points because of Blackburn's absolute superb win over Liverpool but they came up against a Liverpool team who their away form is drastic there. To be fair, their, their total form is very worrying here. Jason Wilcox, Tim Sherwood scoring the vital goals and it chops the gap to United to that aforementioned four points. United do have that invaluable game in hand, but even with seven points, they still got a little bit of a title race, especially in a 42-game season because in a 42-game season, I think there's more of an air of predict- unpredictability unpredictability about it we do see that with the EFL divisions now with Championship League 1 League 2 the points tally just don't correlate to a 38 game season and potentially 
34 if we extend that to maybe the Bundesliga and Ligue 1 as it will be in a few years time um, you do get that air of unpredictability about it and by no means is Man United losing at home to Chelsea that unpredictable nowadays back in 1994 when Chelsea were at the bottom of the league uh, rather the close to the bottom of the league, close to the relegations, and it was when Man United were in such imperious form. Liverpool, meanwhile, there are thereabouts, aren't they? Just sort of, it's sort of got end of season vibes already about it, and we're um, we're barely into March here. Arsenal got a fantastic win at Ipswich Town. Ian Wright scoring a great goal. Three of the best, in fact. And an own goal helped. Um, pretty comical own goal. Go seek that one out. Um, but by the end, by the second half, Arsenal really laid it on thick. 5-1 winners in the end. Meanwhile, Newcastle United got a, a superb win at Hillsborough, although the red card for Sheffield Wednesday did ultimately change the game. Andy Pierce's 87th minute red card, quickly followed up by, who else? But Andy Cole with a late, late winner. And the win keeps Newcastle touch tight with Arsenal in the top four. And we've got, um, obviously, the race for Europe heats up. But um, we've got a lot of teams circling the drain of the uh, the European places here. Elsewhere, Everton got their desperately needed win at home to Oldham. As did Wimbledon over a now hapless Norwich City. Three goals to one, who are not doing very well at all. Villa got a good win at Highfield Road, 1-0, whilst the points were shared between Leeds and Southampton, QPR and Man City, Swindon and West Ham and Spurs and the Blades, Sheffield United. And in the next week, we get the biggest win of the episode so far. Um, I think we may have to move the he who must not be named tag to Andy Cole because he scores an absolute bucket load here against Swindon, 7-1. And always Andy Cole plus struggling doomed club is always going to equal goals, isn't it? And um, Swindon, there's a reason why they end up being the <laughs> the worst defensive team in Premier League history. Obviously, that's helped with the 42-game season. They did concede 100 goals, though, in this season, so that's not great, is it? Um, elsewhere, we had the Merseyside derby. And Everton, despite their wavering form, although both teams aren't, aren't really in the best of moments are they at this stage Dave Watson gives the Toffees the lead Ian Rush fires in the equaliser quite quickly and who else but that young upstart Robbie Fowler to score a great great winning goal in the derby and um, fantastic first goal in the derby for Robbie Fowler and many more to come you may think now elsewhere QPR got a win in a relentless game at Carrow Road winning 4-3 only to follow that up with a 1-1 turgid draw at Bramall Lane that's just pretty much that's just pretty much the story of QPR's season boiled down. You'll have these magnificent results and then you'll have the sort of depths like a 1-1 draw at Sheffield United. Sheffield United themselves coming off another draw this time at home to Leeds United in a bit of a Yorkshire derby there. Leeds who uh, rebounded to beat Aston Villa at Elland Road. The food chain in full effect here, isn't it? Uh, Villa in sloppy form. Um, losing another game on the bounce, shockingly at home to Ipswich who are just about keeping their irrelevancy um, in mid-table. We don't really talk about them. We don't really talk about Wimbledon, for example. Their inconsistency has been consistent. Beating Man City 1-0 before losing at Stamford Bridge 2-0. And that's why Wimbledon are in the Premier League for so long. Maybe not so much Ipswich, but uh, Ipswich had uh, having a better time of it this season rather than the previous year when they were sort of struggling a little bit, weren't they? Um, meanwhile, Sheffield Wednesday scraped a point at the Dell before being annihilated 5-0 by the champions in Manchester United as they um, look to widen the gap, but not 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 uh, happening really because of the following week's action. We get Swindon versus Manchester United. Now, 
and this is at Swindon. You may think, oh, this can only go one way, but Roy Keane scores ahead and you may think, yeah, game over now. Um, but a fortunate defe- deflection puts Swindon on level terms and United then quickly take the lead through Paul Ince. Paul Ince has been coming up with such... So many important goals for this Manchester United team. And he's a player in the 93-94 scene that kind of gets overlooked. You get the signing of Roy Keane, of course. You get Eric Cantona going on to bigger and better things. Ryan Giggs, of course, still. Mark Hughes, still. Bruce and Pallister at the back, Schmeichel. But you never seem, see many people talk about Paul Ince. Maybe that's the way he left the club. But he's been absolutely fantastic this season. One of their better players. Um, and then, obviously, the game gets derailed by Eric Cantona stamping on a player's chest whilst he's on the floor. Uh, a controversy which doesn't really get light of day again. Um, nowadays, that'd be like you'd get a week out of that, wouldn't you? In the in the news cycle, and uh, and ultimately it led to uh, Swindon securing another draw against a good team, and um, Manchester United and Arsenal to come after Arsenal win at Southampton four um, nil. Ian Wright with another hat trick. Another a, a superb volley in and amongst that win at the Dell and um, a penalty sealed it with Arsenal. Arsenal's form is really motoring along now. I would not be surprised if they were able to unseat the likes of Blackburn and Newcastle for second place if they keep up the form of Ian Wright and another man here, Paul Merson. And a free kick went all the way in from out wide at Highbury there on the left, which was an equaliser after Lee Sharp got um, the opener and got the second to put United ahead and uh, a double from Sharpie there. But it will be a thunderous equaliser again by Paul Merson and in another match where Eric Cantona was sent off again. Although this one was slightly more unfortunate, it was it was a bit of a 50-50 and Cantona jumps up and um, catches the the Arsenal player in his midriff really and that was deemed to be a, a second yellow and a red card and Man United dropping points left, right and centre which only serves to allow Blackburn in and they've got to go to Hillsborough and it was a tough game for Blackburn Rovers, to be fair. Jason Wilcox's goal was uh, equalised by a, a short-range goal from Chris Bat-Williams. Mike Newell heads in the vital winner at the death, keeping pace um, with United and making a lot of ground on them after United drop points in two more games. So United's early points and early surge, the classic Mourinho thing early on from his time in Chelsea, racking up the points on the board and then when it gets to the congested fixture list around February, March, April time you can afford to drop points and still win the league will that be the case here? We are yet to know obviously aren't we? Meanwhile Norwich finally got a win on the board here winning 3-0 at home to Everton of course. When Norwich win Chris Sutton always scores and Chris Sutton of course on the score sheet here against what is obviously a poor Everton time and um, a calamitous third goal for Everton to concede there, pretty much sums up their season. And Oldham, elsewhere, around the grounds, they got their third 2-1 win of the episode, this time at a struggling now. You've got to say Aston Villa. QPR sneak a 1-0 win at home to Wimbledon, as did Leeds over Coventry. Coventry always getting done by them 1-0 wins, whilst uh, Liverpool keep the heat on in a 2-1 victory over a poor Chelsea side. City and the Blades shared the points 0-0, as did Spurs and Ipswich. Newcastle got two wins on the board in a week. First in a six-goal thriller, winning 4-2 at Upton Park, and then at home to Ipswich in a rather mundane, sedate 2-0. Karma win there. And then on the following week, Paul Merson doing his very, very best to get the uh, player of the episode award here. He scores another goal, another vital goal in a in a top five, top six clash between themselves and Liverpool. Despite Liverpool's poor form, 
They're not really dropping away as you might expect. Arsenal getting a 1-0 win here. Another goal, another winning goal to boot against another big team as well after his double against Manchester United. And it keeps Liverpool eight points behind Arsenal. Potentially now you've got to say missing out on a European spot, but we will uh, we will see, won't we? Blackburn Rovers beat Swindon 3-1. Swindon scored really, really early on here to potentially give them a chance in the man who not must not be named, but... Uh, Maybe shirking his anonymity. Alan Shearer quickly killed that shot. Lived dream off with a double. Tim Sherwood scoring the second in the 3-1 win, which um, only served to make the title race a bit more spicier. As Manchester United have now played their game in hand, of course. There were no goals to be had in the north as Manchester City were held by Oldham 0-0. Sheffield United were held by Southampton to the same scoreline. Meanwhile, Spurs nicked a 1-0 win over an underperforming Everton at Goodison Park to boost their own safety, really, for Spurs. And Wimbledon stunned them all with a 1-0 victory over Leeds. QPR earned a three superb three points at Portman Road with three goals. And Coventry won 2-1 at home to what must be said a now spiralling Norwich City, really. And a huge game, Manchester United versus Liverpool. Liverpool needed to win to keep any sort of hope alive of European football. But Paul Ince, Paul Ince, again, keeping up that low-key goals ratio going and and in quite possibly the most important game here of this episode, you may think, um, although potentially you may say that against uh, the, about the trip to Highbury as well earlier on, it was only United's third win of the episode and slowly and surely United are now only ahead by six points. A lot of draws, they've only lost one game to be fair, but 12 points from seven games in this episode, not enough, um, particularly when um, Newcastle and Blackburn are in such great form and... Um, only ahead by six points. Liverpool themselves are more in relegation form, really. Ten points in nine games, almost just over a point per game. It, the gap is only six points because of, quite simply, the most shocking result of the episode. Wimbledon four, Blackburn Rovers one. The title charge, it seemed to be keeping going. We're down to three points. Um, and then Blackburn Rovers get undone by a long throw and then a rebound and then a great counter goal. And that really killed Rovers off. And it's one of those games that you just don't want. Wimbledon in March at Sellers Park when it's still quite cold. You don't want those games. You don't want them playing midweek either. It's one of those games where you think, oh, we're going to drop some points here, even though based on the quality, based on the two teams, you shouldn't really. But Wimbledon always had that knack. And that's why they stay in the division so long. The 10th here, for example. <laughs> and you, you don't talk about them too much. You just pick up points here and there. And that is pretty much Wimbledon's story. Not to discredit them by any means but 4-1 win over title challenges it's just it's such a Wimbledon thing to do as well um Sheffield United bagged a the odd goal in five and a 3-2 win against West Ham with Whitehouse scoring sublime goal in a great game there Newcastle uh, kept the heat on kind of um to uh, Blackburn seven points now the gap with eight games to go and they're now into third with a 3-0 win over Norwich Norwich just getting pumped really out there just as Blackburn were getting pumped at Sellers Park Andy Cole was running absolutely riot again in another 3-0 win Norwich now they're now formally out of the running for anything now dropping to 11th place and um, Newcastle I think they've properly taken Norwich's spots um, from their first season in the Premier League now 13 points off the top sounds bad in third but they've done some great stuff um, potentially the team of the week um, this week. Elsewhere, Oldham continued their relegation saving form, potentially, with a 3-1 win at Southampton to leave them in the relegation zone. Not Oldham. 
And uh, Manchester City pulled out the drop zone only on goal difference with a 2-2 draw at Ipswich. Aston Villa and Everton shared the points in a 0-0 draw, while Sheffield Wednesday continued to be mid-table, perpetually mid-table, in a 3-1 win over Chelsea. Now only five places separate the pair of Wednesday and Chelsea, but 10 points also separates them with Sheffield Wednesday in ninth, Chelsea in 14th there. Now after this short break, we'll be running down the league table as it was on April Fool's Day 1994. And we'll also be discussing the best memories, the best games, best players, which to be fair, quite cut and dry this time. And we'll be looking at the best teams of the week after this short break. Welcome back. Of course, this segment, the table and uh, essentially conclusion segment, is always started with a look at the table and always features in first place Manchester United. Although the previous few episodes, Manchester United have had a runaway lead and it seemed for all to see that Manchester United would win the league title. An absolute canter. However, 12 points from seven games, only three wins. Um, from this episode, stupid draws against the likes of West Ham and Swindon, newly promoted clubs. Although the West Ham West Ham have acquitted themselves quite well this season, considering they come up. They are now 76 points from 34 games, which isn't a great points tally in really any season. But as I said earlier, 42 game seasons, it does lead to uh, lend itself to some unpredictability. Six points back in second, Blackburn Rovers, despite that obvious um, shocker of a result at Sellers Park to end things. 19 points from nine games is good form, is good form. Only um, only eight points dropped there from nine games. They are six points back from Manchester United with eight games still to go. So there is um, there is still some life in this title race just yet. It's still twitching, but... I don't think the same can be said for Newcastle, unfortunately. 63 points of 13 points off. I think it's an absolutely fantastic first season. Now, like Blackburn last season, there is expectation behind Newcastle because of the funds, because of the team they had. Even despite their promotion, they're still considered as expected to be top half, far and away from West Ham in 15th and Swindon, um, rooted to the foot of the table, of course, because of the money. Like... 12 months prior with Jack Walker, Sir John Hall here coming in with the money. With It does help. You've got Andy Cole, Peter Beardsley in sublime form perpetually. And Newcastle have had the benefit that Blackburn didn't have last season where their big man up front, Andy Cole, in, in place of um, Alan Shearer there, hasn't been injured and he's just been gone on to bigger and better things and just seems to be breaking all kinds of goal-scoring records. And he will continue to do so. Newcastle here climb up from fourth from their last episode. 18 points from eight games. Now, statistically, that's the best points return in terms of points per game. Um, and he's gone about it quite quietly. Um, they're in probably in full flow to be a European team by the end of the season. The gap to Newcastle is only two points themselves. who have had a fantastic uh, time of it, but they have dropped a place. 15 points, um, played a game less, of course, because they had that game in hand. They're on 61 points. Now there's a bit of a jump down to Leeds, 55, who have gained a place despite 12 points in eight games, which isn't very good form, but it does help that the likes of Liverpool and QPR have only played six games, for example. So QPR have two games in hand on Leeds. They've got three games in hand on Liverpool. QPR on 50 points alongside Aston Villa on 50 in eighth place. Meanwhile, Liverpool have 53. Leeds have 55. QPR and Villa both climbing as the abject form of um, 
Sheffield Wednesday, eight points from seven games. It's relegation form, really, isn't it? Or just above. Meanwhile, Norwich City's eight points from 10 games in 11th place with Wimbledon doing very well in between there. That is relegation form. And it's a shame, really, to see that this is how Norwich have ended. Now, they did have European football. Um, may have been too much of a distraction. And that may have been the reason why they've fallen from the heights of challenging for the league title. Ron Atkinson's Aston Villa to an extent, although although they did get knocked out by Deportivo in the second round of the UEFA Cup. So not to the same extent that they have been shackled by European football. Of course, Arsenal still had European football, um, still in the uh, European game here in the Cup Winners' Cup in 94. As we know, they would go on to win that tournament. And it just proves that the the strength in depth, the quality of Arsenal, despite the the first season where Aston Villa and Norwich were far higher than them in the league, Arsenal really winning the Cups, maybe that distracted them in the first season of the Premier League. Now they're going on to bigger and better things. Winning the two Cups in the first season, winning a Cup in the, in the second season of the Barclays with the uh, Cup Winners' Cup win. And they're still fourth. So that's just showing the true quality of Arsenal and rather that... Norwich and Aston Villa was more fleeting. And of course, Blackburn, Newcastle, they are powered by by what at the time was new money, by incredible players up front, Shearer, Cole. And then you've got Leeds and Liverpool, teams of the past, um, as we may be thinking now, because Leeds champions in 92, Liverpool champions in 1990, going through a little bit of turmoil. Although Leeds have rebounded fairly well, Liverpool have been kind of on a, a not as sharp a malaise just been a steady with Graham Souness's reign not so not so clever really and now entering into the the bottom half of the table we've got Norwich City top of the bottom half of the table but ultimately even in spite of their relegation form really seven points in eight games they've stayed in 12th place then you've got Ipswich who've climbed a spot and you've got Chelsea who've climbed three and that is because of West Ham's poor form um, seven points in eight there in 15th place on 38 you've got Everton on 37 and um, all the all the teams crucially below them, Spurs, Oldham, they've got games in hand. So essentially Everton are in a bit of a false position here. Spurs is dire form. They've only played seven games, but they've only picked up six points there on 36 points on 17th place. Oldham, 18th place, although they've done, they've been picking up two points per game and that's really helped them trade themselves out of the relegation spot. They're up three places to 18th now and can maybe be looking at, with those two games in hand over Everton, leapfrogging Everton and potentially safe again for a third, for a second season in a row in the uh, in the Premier League. Meanwhile, we've got Man City doing their bit, doing a sort of form that 12 points in 10 sort of negates, tw- it means nine, 19th place essentially now. Southampton do have a game in hand above tied on 33 points. Southampton have got, have played a game less. So the the ball is still in Southampton's court. And with Matt Letizia in absolutely superb form, it seems, perpetually all this season, Southampton, you'd feel Alan Ball is still confident of Southampton's safety Um quite uh, robust with the journalists in the interviews that I've seen. He is adamant that Southampton are going to be saved. And when you've got a special player like Matt Letizia, you do think, yeah, you'd probably be safe. And you're looking at teams like Man City, Oldham, Tottenham to an extent, Everton have not been in good form. West Ham may get dragged into it, although they have got um, a couple of games in hand over the rest. And that is going to be one hell of a battle. Let's not forget as well, Sheffield United in 21st place, 31 points, um, points per game they've had uh, this week. Um, but they are still in it. They have played 35 games, so that may count against them when it comes to the likes of 
West Ham when it comes to Oldham and even Tottenham and Southampton have played 34 games. But down at the bottom, um, they're not mathematically out of it yet, but Swindon Town, 25 points from 35 games, eight points from safety, taking six points from eight games. And it's a shame really, because they've had some good results this week, getting that fourth league winner this season, getting a point at, at home to the champions. So it's just a little too late and they're not consistent enough against the smaller teams. They come up against good teams and the win or draw, um, but it's just not consistent enough. And obviously defensively, shipping seven goals away at Newcastle ain't the best, is it? And it's why they're in the mess that they're in. Um, and unfortunately, it looks like we'll be bidding goodbye. Maybe if Glenn Hoddle would have stayed, they might have marched on to safety. But as you can see with Glenn Hoddle's team there, Chelsea in 14th place, not doing too much better. You might think maybe underperforming rather than Swindon maybe getting what you'd expect from them. So the memory of, the abiding memory of this is probably Andy Cole's continued form and his march to the PFA, Young Player of the Year, Player of the Year, whichever one it was. Eric Cantona had a few controversies in there, two red cards, a stamp that may be, uh, may be a memory too, but I think the prevailing one is Andy Cole. So that Andy Cole's form justifies that and that may lurch into Player of the Episode, but there's a, there's a couple here that um, I think are probably justified for that. More than Andy Cole, although Cole's continued form and his, obviously his awards at the end of the season goes without saying he's probably the abiding memory from this season, really, when you take out the Man United factor. The game has to be Chelsea versus Spurs. And these games always, Chelsea, Spurs, whichever whichever state they find themselves in at any one time, they'll always produce a classic. Here, 4-3 it was, and they're both sort of near each other in the table, although 14th and 17th, you'd be more likely to see them in fourth and seventh here now wouldn't you in the present day but 14th and 17th place more of a relegation battle than anything else which is very weird to, to see and hear in, in 2021 but um, there we go it was a fantastic game and the player without a doubt for me is Paul Merson on absolute fire got a lot of Arsenal's points on his own really Ian Wright of course has something to say in that two hat-tricks which cannot be understated but Paul Merson's goals usually came in in a 1-0, in a 1-1, a 2 in a 2-2 draw. So those are the points picked up. Ian Wright's hat-tricks in big wins like a 4-0 or a 5-1 aren't as important. Obviously, you get six six goals from that rather than three or four, but Paul Merson's goals have been very, very crucial. And he deserves the player of the episode without a shadow of a doubt here. Paul Ince, shout out as well. He's been scoring some crucial goals all throughout the season. Maybe the player of the, of the season when we look back on it next week, which will be, of course, the finale. Now the team... It's hard. Now, Oldham, two points per game. Now, I said I said um, Newcastle have got the best points ratio. I think I maybe... No, I'm not. I'm just slightly off there. I think it's, yeah, Newcastle, 18 points in eight, eight games have got the best ratio. Oldham's 14 points in seven games though, has to be mentioned. I think it has to be mentioned above Blackburn, above Newcastle, even above... Above um, above Arsenal, who's got a slightly better points ratio than Oldham, have played some harder games, you've got to say as well. But for me, the team in the dire straits that they were in last episode, the team of the week, the team of the episode has to go to Oldham. Dredging themselves out. They were on 20 points last episode. Now they're on 34. There's a bit, tiny bit of daylight, but it's daylight nonetheless. They've got a couple of games in hand as well. So... Is the future bright? Well, we'll find out next week. Who will go down? Will it be Swindon? Yes, it will. Will it be Sheffield United? Maybe, but probably. Will it be Southampton? I'm going to say no. Uh, obviously, this is hard to uh, hard to try and predict when we already know the future. But who will be in that relegation zone? Will, be Chelsea, will Chelsea, West Ham, Tottenham be dragged in those three London clubs? Maybe Everton, 
probably will just have out have enough. Oldham and Man City do look quite troubled. I'd say they're my uh, two picks, but Oldham's form may have just come at the wrong time. They may have needed it like a couple of weeks later to continue that surge right to the end of the season. But we will find out next week on the fifth episode of the second season of the Barclays as ever on the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. And of course, check out us out on YouTube as well, where we do football alternative histories every single day until we die. And of course, on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash what if football, one pound a month, five days a week content. Check us out over there. And until next time, thank you for listening and see Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.